Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. My name is Leah M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and your moderator for this morning. Today is Sunday, January 19th, 2020. The share ID numbers for Friday, January 17th are the following. For the 7 a.m. Eastern Big Book Study, 13,988, that's 13988. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Big Book Study, 13,989, that's 13989. This morning, A Vision for You presents Out of the Pit, From Desperation to Freedom. We come to Overeaters Anonymous as a result of the frustration, suffering, and despair we experienced in our disease of compulsive overeating. As real compulsive overeaters, we are bodily and mentally different from others. Once we put certain substances, certain foods into our body, it reacts in a way that demands more of the same. And we have an obsession of the mind, which hijacks us and takes us back to those foods that we know will cause us the irresistible yearning for more of the same. We become conscious of having no choice. We can't control the amount we eat because of our body. We can't stop and stay stopped because of our mind. Truly no choice. Truly no power. We find ourselves in a deep, dark pit of personal powerlessness, which becomes the driving force of desperation to be ready and to be willing to do anything which will free us from the bondage of our disease. Joining us today to share her story of desperation to freedom is Devora S., a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Devora is dedicated to our 12-step way of life and carrying this message of recovery. Welcome to the line, Devora. Thank you, Leah. Good morning to you all. <clears throat> My name is Devorah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey, and really grateful to have the opportunity to share today. I'm grateful I have a story to share. I just want to start off with the, with the third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thy wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Okay, so my story begins when I was a little girl. Um, I was born into a family. I was number four out of five. Um, And... um, I always, I, earliest pictures show me growing up that I was this chubby little kid. Um, and it came with me, it, it grew with me all through my years, so elementary school, high school, college, all the way, you know, to adulthood. Um, I, I was battling, my parents were on me. It was something that was with me 
all the years. And um, the earliest memory I have is, um, you know, just uh, wanting more. You know, it was just never enough. I always wanted um, more. And uh, my parents recognized this. Um, and um, they uh, were trying in every way possible. You know, appearances were very important to my parents, but other siblings did not have a weight issue. My mother was a, a chronic dieter, um, and um, I don't remember her being heavy, you know, but dieting was her thing. And, um, and she would try to put me on different diets all the time. Um, in third grade, while other children got picked up to go to various clubs, you know, whatever it was, uh, the, the um, you know, ballet, uh, whatever they did, you know, after school, I was picked up to go to this clinic where I met with a nutritionist once a week. Um, and she it was called, actually it was called the obesity clinic, actually. Um, and we went there and um, the woman taught me, you know, she taught me how to, you know, just portion sizes or whatever. This was in third grade. And I remember losing weight um, in third grade um, and how exciting and thrilling it was. Um, and that year was my brother's celebration. He was becoming his bar, bar mitzvah. My mother was able to get me a very pretty um, party dress. And it was very exciting. I had a lot of attention. Everybody was looking at me, look at her. You know, I was this roly-poly kid. And then I, I thinned out um, just from, you know, doing that stuff, whatever she told me to do. I don't remember exactly. Um, I switched schools different school at the end of that third grade, went to a different school in fourth grade. And um, I remember this very clearly because my sister, my oldest sister was getting married. I was in fourth grade. And, um, and it was time for me to get a new dress, a dress for the wedding. And my mother said, listen, you have this dress from the, from the previous occasion. Let's just put that on. Let's wear that. And, and honestly, it didn't fit. So in the 10 months from one occasion to the next, my weight came back on, um, and whatever, you know, my mother took it to a seamstress, and the seamstress was able to open up the dress, to let out the seams, and I had a party dress um, to wear to my sister's wedding. Um, and this is all because I was not able to keep what I was doing. Um, at a young age, I had this thing. And the thoughts that were going in my head at that time as a young child was like, um, I just wanted to, I, I just wanted to be like everybody else. I wanted to fit in. I knew I was different. I couldn't get clothing in regular stores. My mother shopped with me, went all the way. I, I was living in, we were living in the Bronx, New York City. And we, my mother found a store called Murray's in Queens. So that was a store where we were able to get clothing that fit me um, because there was nothing available for me. And I remember going to camp as a child uh, a little kid, and, and, and one of the activities was going horseback riding, and there I am standing online thinking to myself, these are the thoughts that I'm thinking, a little seven or eight-year-old child thinking, will that horse hold me up? You know, will I, will I break that horse's back if I get on that horse? Um, and because I knew, I knew I was different. I didn't eat like everybody else. I always wanted more. And I looked different. I had, I was, I was this fat roly-poly kid. I was cute, but I was fat, and chubby. And I, 
I wanted to fit in desperately, desperately to wanted to be like other children. And, um, and that held me back, you know, with sports, it held me back with making friends. Um, and it was, you know, it was a hard, it was, it was lonely and difficult. I didn't do well. I don't remember doing well in school. So that was not something that I could shine in. And I just thought in those years that if only, if only, if only I can be thin, if only I could lose this weight, if only I can get this down, you know, then I could be normal like every other kid. Um, and there was a time in seventh grade, I remember, um, that, you know, I was going to be graduating in eighth grade and there was going to be a yearbook and I wanted to look nice. And, um, my mother had just heard about, I don't know, Weight Watchers has been around for a long time, but she had read the book on, on the founder of Weight Watchers and she, she said, you know, maybe that would be good for you. And we, and I joined Weight Watchers and we went religiously week after week and I did lose weight and I wasn't a thin body by the end of eighth grade. Um, and I looked at a very nice picture in my yearbook, but you know what? I remember starting high school, um, and, and I did not look the same as I did in the end of eighth grade. So I was like that pogo stick, you know, I went all the way down and then bouncing all the way up in very short periods of time. And in high school, I tried various, you know, crazy diets, eating, you know, heads of lettuce, you know, it was not eating, it was binging, heads of lettuces, you know only eating, you know, crazy things, like the big book talks about, all the ways that we can try to stop alcoholism. You know, I tried that, you know, thinking that this was going to be it. And, you know, um, and going, getting through high school, not doing very well in high school, because my mind was so preoccupied um, with, the, with the food, with the obsession, with trying to control um, my food and my behaviors. Um, a few years passed and I, you know, went to, you know, I started college and I went to, um, you know, post high school uh, classes and, you know, I was doing a lot of different things and, and I, and I started to work and I, I always wanted to be a teacher and I started to, to be a teacher in the school that I, in the same school that I went to in elementary school, the same principal, you know, um, so I started working there. and. Um, and I was, uh, you know, I sort of, you know, I was not obese. I had lost some weight and I was keeping it down, but it was always, the struggle was always there. Um, I remember they had these big boxes of snacks to give to the kids, cookies. And, and I was, and we had like, it was, I was teaching preschool and we had a rest period for the kids. And I remember just, you know, the kids would be laying on their little mats and I would be just going back and forth, back and forth to that box, back and forth to that box you know, um, eating, you know, those snacks that is for the kids. Um, I remember just, you know, just not, you know, binging on crazy things. I grew up in a home that, you know, my mother was very much into, she was always dieting. So she didn't have a lot of, you know, sugary items in the house, but like making these concoctions um, so that I, you know, whatever was in there in the house, I would come up with these concoctions so that I would, would eat. And it was done in secret. No, nobody was around. I didn't want anyone to know. Um, because like, you know, my mother was always watching me. She was always making sure that I was, even at this age, even as, as a, as a young adult, um, it was a very, you know, you know, big thing about me being, you know, in a normal body size and, and she was watching me even then. Um, and it was, 
you know, dating um, was also, I had, had an older brother and he had friends and he would tell, he said, you know, he would say to me, you know, all guys like thin girls, you know, like this is, this is what's very important. You got to, you know, this is the first thing they see is a, is a thin girl. And so like I would be dating and I would go on these crazy diets to lose weight, um, to be, you know, so that I, I, I fit into my dating outfit or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, that went on for years and years until, you know, I met my husband and, um, and he's like me. We both love to eat. Um, and we got engaged, we got married, and my husband said to me, you know, let's, let's, we don't want to bring this stuff in the house, let's, let's keep it out, we don't want to have these desserts, because he knew, you know, you know, what I knew, he knew what he did, and he said, let's, let's, let's not keep this stuff in the house, and I said, sure, no problem, and, you know, you know, that lasted for a little while, and, you know, I went on, you know, I got pregnant right away, after three months, I was, I was expecting our first baby, and that gave me license to eat because I didn't have to wear fitted clothes. I wore maternity clothes and I, uh, you know, was big and no one knew what was going underneath that, on underneath that dress. And I figured I'm entitled, I can eat. Um, and, you know, I gained a lot of weight. The clothing, you know, I was somewhat in a small size. I put in quotes for my wedding. Let's say I was a size 14 for my wedding, which I laugh now because I thought that was a great size to be. Um, and, um, you know, a year later, after I had my baby, I was all the way back up. I gained a tremendous amount. I must have put on 100 pounds after my first pregnancy. Um, and I'm not the type of person, you know, you see women who lose gain, who have a baby and their weight goes right down again. That wasn't me. I was, that weight stayed with me. You know, whatever I ate, whatever I binge, it stayed with me, you know, afterwards. And, and it stayed with me for many, many years, and I had subsequent, which I had subsequent babies soon after. Um, and I, the weight just came on, um, and it was every pregnancy became more and more difficult because of this weight. I was high, I had high blood pressure, I had developed diabetes, you know. Just and the doctors would say to me, "You need to, you know, you've got to lose the weight. You want to have a healthy baby. You want to." And it was just like in one year and one out year. It didn't. It didn't resonate. And it wasn't. I didn't feel. It didn't make a difference. I. I just couldn't stop. Um, we were living. We were. We were living in Brooklyn at the time, and my husband got his first job. He graduated law school. We were, and we got his first job. He became a, a lawyer in New Jersey, and we moved to New Jersey, and um, where we live now. And you know, and in my mind, I didn't know anything about the big book. I didn't know anything. I wasn't in OA. This is years and years ago, 30 years ago, and I didn't know anything about it. And But in my mind, I said, oh, this might be good to a new community, a new place. Maybe that will be the answer, you know. And, you know, later on in years when I read the book, you know, The Geographical Cure, I laughed because, you know, I thought this was going to be it, to a new place. But, you know, honestly, it comes with me. The disease comes with me. And I didn't have any tools. I didn't know anything. And I came to this new community this very small community at the time, and and um, and I, you know, I had to adjust. I had to get to learn, know people and learn, you know, living here, and that was a big adjustment for me, you know, and a new job for myself, a new school I was working at, um, and um, trying to acclimate here with a little family that I had, and um, it was difficult. It was not easy, um, and I learned how to. Um, you know, even those, those promises that we said we were going to bring into the house. And, you know, I started, you know, 
cooking and baking, you know, um, and, you know, and I was not, you know, I made these big, uh, big concoction, big, big, uh, you know, nine by 13 pans of food. Um, and I, you know, I said, I, I should have, what I should have done, but I didn't, totally didn't think of it. It was like, you know, here I am a small family, you know, divide it up, cut it up and put it away in the freezer and take it out as I need it. No, but that was something, if I made it, it was something to eat. And I, and I ate it then and I ate, and, and I ate very nicely and I didn't just eat, you know, one, you know, one kind of thing. It was like I made three of those kind of things at one time and they all got eaten. And I have to say, I'm the one who, who devoured them, you know, um, you know, it was a very, very um, lonely period of time where food was my, was my companion and it made me feel, it gave me that calmness, you know, that I can just, you know, get through the day and just get through what I had to get through because, you know, I felt it was just so difficult bringing up my family and, and having a, and, and being in a relationship, having, being newly, kind of newly married. And, you know, even though I had two kids, we were still a young couple and a, and a job and a new, and a new community. You know, all these things that just justified the fact that I'm entitled to eat this food. Um, and I remember at that time, you know, um, joining a commercialized uh, weight loss place, finding out about a doctor who lives, uh, there was a doctor who lived in a grungy neighborhood downtown, um, going to his office where he prescribed medication, you know, diet pills, taking this medication, thinking that this was going to be it, and going back to him week after week. And it made me crazy. It gave me, it 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 made me hyper. Um, it stabilized my my my. Um, I wasn't eating, but it made me hyper. I was washing the bathroom bathroom walls down at like in the middle of the night. I couldn't get to sleep because those were the pills. That was the reaction of the pills. I did not have, you know, it was not done with sanity. Um, okay. So there I am in the depths of all this and, and, and feeling very, very hopeless. I remember um, just feeling like, you know, crying and being in a state of depression, um, you know, not being able to take care of my children properly, um, wanting just to like go into my room and cover myself with my blanket and just chill and just like leave everything. Um, and, and I, and that's what I did, you know, when my husband got home from work, the kids were around, I had more children at that time, you know, our family grew and I just couldn't handle it. You know, they come home, they had homework, little things, pages of homework to do. And I just left everybody and just closed the door to my room and just isolated, um, not able to cope with what was going on. Um, and my husband put up with that. He didn't say anything. I guess he thought it was normal because I had the kids all day and I guess he felt it was his turn to do it. And, you know, looking back that, wow, you know, he had, he really, you know, put up with that. Um, and, uh, it, it was, it was a very difficult, sad time of life. I, I realized that, you know, how giving was I to the, to my family. Um, I was just so self-absorbed into my own what I wanted to do and, and, and see everybody else. Um, there was a little bit of light at that time. Um, I did join, you know, it had, I, I did join another commercialized group and I lost, and I did lose weight. I remember, 
losing weight, um, feeling great, I lost like 80 pounds, really feeling good. Um, and it was around that time of praying that we had, we had a trauma in our lives. Um, we lost a baby. Um, that was in 1987. And uh, he was 13 months old. And it was an accident in the house. It was something that happened. Um, and, and it was very, very sad. And the guilt that comes along with that, I, you know, it's, it's unsurmountable. Um, and my little children who were there, my other children who were there and, and who, who saw it happen and myself, it was, it was a very, very sad, traumatic time. And what does a person do? What do I do, an addict, when I don't know how to cope? I wasn't given, even though I went to this commercialized, you know, weight loss center. What did I do? I, I wasn't taught any tools. I didn't know what to do. And I, I ate. Um, so any food that came into the house, people brought over, it was during the week of mourning. You know, my whole program that I was, my somewhat program that I was following with this club, with this diet, you know, place, went up in flames, and I just, and I just ate. I just ate. Um, that was how I dealt with it. And, and it was, you know, my weight came back on, and it was just, you know, a very sad, lonely time and not being able to confront this and to deal with it and take care of my children in an appropriate way. Um, this disease is, 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 is deadly and, and, it, and it has no limits and it, take, it, robs, it robs me of my emotional, spiritual, and physical um, development. Um, and um, yeah, and, and, and that's the truth. And you know, fast forward, you know, thank you, God, um, I got into program, you know, 20 years later, um, 20 years later, I, I, it's 20 years ago that I got into program. Um, and, um, and how did that happen? You know, I was at my heaviest weight. Um, I was, I had high blood pressure, I had diabetes, and I found myself pregnant. <laughs> there I am. And, um, and I was in a very, very, very scary state of mind. The doctor who I was going to said to me, you know, you need, the sugars were out of control. My diabetes was out of control. And she said to me, you need to really take control of this situation because you will deliver a, a, um, a, dead, a dead baby if you don't take care of yourself. That's what happens. That's what the diabetes can do in pregnancy. You can give birth to a stillborn baby. And that shook me up a little. I, I lost one baby already. I did not want to have to go through that again. Um, and I, that shook me up somewhat. And um, she even put me in the hospital during that pregnancy for periods of time to get my sugars under control. Um, and the last seven weeks of that pregnancy, I was in the hospital um, again, always monitoring me, always making sure, watching what I was eating. Um, and, and monitoring me so that I could have a healthy baby. And I did have a baby. I had a C-section at that time, which I never had before. And I remember her saying during the C-section that we need to go through, this is going to be, you know, take a little bit longer because we need to go through layers of fat to get to this baby and how humiliating that was for me to hear that, you know, um, on the table. And thank God my son was born. Um, and you know, he's 20 now and I, he was normal, normal, healthy baby, but something happened 
in my mind, something happened that I just didn't want to live like this anymore. I didn't want to live like that. I didn't want to be a slave to the food anymore. I had enough of being in that dark, dark, miserable pit, and I wanted to get out of that. I wanted to be free. And um, I have a sister in program, and she was telling me what she was doing at that time. And I did get into program. I joined, you know, I started working a pro, I started going to meetings um, soon after I had that baby. And I loved it. I started going, I started hearing my story. I started people, I heard people talk about how they couldn't stop eating. Um, it wasn't very big book oriented, the meeting, but people were sharing a little bit. And I heard, and I, I felt I belonged here. Finally, I got to a place where I belonged. Um, and I did different things throughout the years. You know, it took, it was a process. It was a process to really find where I was going. And at one of the points, I ended up in a meeting that was very tool-based. It was, a, you know, and I started working the tools. There was some spirituality thrown into it. But, you know, the big book, somewhat. And I had a sponsor, and she started talking to me about the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind, you know, the doctor's opinion. She said to me, read the doctor's opinion. And it was like, whoa, I read the doc I, you know, I had the copy of the big book, but I really wasn't reading it. But here she told me, get in, you know, read the doctor's opinion. And I read it. And I was like, and like, all of, like I, I, I remember like, oh, my gosh. So that's why, that's why I could, I had to finish every bag and every box. And that's why all those thoughts came into my mind, the obsession, you know, I can, you know, the, of the mind, like, it's here, right in the big book. I couldn't believe it. Like, like, wow, it was so such a revelation to me. Like, what is it? It wasn't a moral issue. It's because I have an allergy and an obsession of the mind, and that I am sick. This is this is a real thing. I couldn't believe it. And the only way, the only way that I could treat this illness, treat this disease is with abstinence, you know, putting down the food, getting abstinent, and developing a spiritual program and working the steps. And that was, and, and you know what, and with this knowledge, I didn't do it right away. <laughs> I did the abstinence, I was abstinent, and I lost the weight, but I didn't do this, the spiritual work that I do today. And like I say, you know, for me, it was a process. So I did various things. I joined an AWOL, um, which was which was one type of, of you know practice that I did. Um, I went into another um, big book um, study. Um, I did that as well. Um, and around at that time, I think I joined. I think I someone was talking talk to me. It was the very beginning of, of Vision, um, the Vision for You meetings, and I started listening to Vision for You, um, and I started hearing messages of the big book. Um, and I was like, wow, I was blown away. I was one of those people who called out, who asked the question about what does this recovered mean? You're all addressing yourself as recovered. What does that mean? And I got an explanation about that. And it was like, it was like a whole new language for me. It was, wow, these people really, um, you know, know the big book and they talk the talk and walk the walk. And I wanted that. I wanted to hear more about that. And I wanted to learn about it. So I was getting on that meeting every day and listening and hearing these messages and and, and getting into it and, and working the steps. I got a sponsor who took me through the 
big book, step by step, line by line, and working it with me. And um, you know, and my and and you know, really grateful, really really grateful. Um, but it doesn't stop there. It's constant. You know, you know this. The, you know, we hear on we hear in the book. It talks about you know this. This is not the spiritual life. It's not a theory. We have to live it. Um, and and that's it. You know, these practices become you know um, something that I do becomes becomes routine. You know, at the beginning it was practice that I had to find a place. I had to figure out a way. How am I going to? How am I going to develop this spiritual program? And I and I got you know different ideas from so many different people. You know, in that program that I was in, they said sit, sit for a half hour every day and and breathe in God, breathe out, breathe out Devora. You know, breathe in God's will, breathe out self will. You know, and sit there and 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 just you know and and I tried that for a while. Um, and you know, but I had to develop my own, and and I did. I developed my own, and and they include the they include the the um, the 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 prayers that we have in the big book and the readings that we have in the big book, just sitting and reading, you know, upon awakening, you know, each morning. Um, and, um, you know, I say the first three steps every day, single day. And, and I have my own version of prayers that I put into it, a prayer of like, just God, use me. How can I best serve thee? What is your will for me? You know, show me what you want for me today. Direct my thinking, um, you know, that it be divorced, you know, from self-seeking, dishonesty, selfish motives, and show me the way, you know, the way of kindliness, tolerance, and patience, you know, how can I best serve you, God? You know, and these are things that I take with me throughout the day, you know. You know, I have to say that my, you know, I love to teach, and, my, and, and at one point when, my, when I was in that dark pit, my teaching career was taken away from me. I wasn't able to do that. And, you know, thank God, because of this program, it was restored to me a few years back. And I am so grateful because the teacher that I was back then is not the teacher that I am today. Um, and, you know, just so many things have been restored to me. My relationship with my family, with my children, with my husband, you know, it's a daily practice. Each day, you know, I'm, I, I show up today. I, I, I'm available. I, um, you know, you know, that feeling of useful, uselessness has disappeared. You know, I, I have a mother today who needs care. My father died 40 years ago. And my mother has been, you know, you know, she remarried and now her husband passed away, you know, many years ago. And she's not able to take care of herself. And she lives with, with my sister in, in a different community an hour and a half away. And Sunday's my day that I show up for her and I go there and I be with her and I, help her and I take give her a shower and I, you know, whatever, I do her laundry and I'm, I'm there for her and, and for my sister who has the, the really big responsibility of having her and I try to do whatever I can for her on that day, um, you know, um, and that's a gift from this program, you know, to get out of myself and to be there for others and, you know, this is, this, these are part of the promises um, of the program, you know, you know, I have so many things that I wrote down to share with you, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm not even looking at my notes. I'm just sharing what I'm, what's in my heart. And that, that was the bottom line. You know, like I said, I don't know what I'm going to say today, but, you know, whatever's coming out, that's, that's, that's God's will. And, 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 you know, 
people ask all the time, well, how do you know what God's will is? That's it. You know, I do what's in front of me. You know, whatever's in front of me, you know, the story in the back of the book, you know, that says, you know, the acceptance is the answer, page 420. Acceptance is the key to my, my relationship with God. Today, I, I just do what I have in front of me. And whatever, how it turns out, that, that, that was, that's God's will for me um, for today. And, um, you know, that, that stays with me, you know, um, throughout the day, you know. And I heard someone on the meeting one time on Vision talking about, you know, instead of bashing the, the janitor at her workplace, you know, what kind of job is this janitor doing? You know, what can I do to add to this? So, you know, like, so she'll straighten up whatever in the bathroom or whatever. And I, you know, I walk into the bathroom at work and I see, like, papers, the toilet paper, things are just flying all over the place and it doesn't look appropriate. And it's like, so I bend down and I pick up, I straighten up, I spray here, I wipe down, you know, like, and no one has to know about it, but that's what I do. It's giving service. I change the, the, the toilet paper roll is empty. I put a new one in, you know, little things like that because of, of getting out of myself and giving instead of bashing the, the person who's supposed to do this job, I just take that action and I do it. And I take that along with me, you know, you know, within my family, within the community, um, you know, just so that I could be of service. Because I really believe, you know, how do, what is the, what is the solution to my, to my problem is, yes, putting down the food and getting abstinent, but growing. And growing means to be able to, to, to do for other people and to do service and to be available. And um, that is, you know, that is the, the crux of the whole situation of whatever I can do to help others in program and in out of program. It just gets me out of me. Um, I remember years ago, I have a very good friend, and she's, she's a mentor to me. She's a spiritual guide to me. Very, um, she's a very... Um, distinguished woman in my community, um, but she leads a spiritual life, and she's, she's, she is someone that I aspire to, um, and she said to me one time, she said, and she doesn't have a pro, she's not in this program, she doesn't, food is not her, you know, she doesn't need a self-step program, it comes to her naturally, and what did she say? She said to me, we have to be there for one another, we have to help one another in any situation, however we can, that's what makes God happy. That, that is what makes God happy. And I remember that all those years ago. I, you know, and this was not this was not a program, a person in program, but she's giving me a program message, like how how I can live my life by helping other people, getting out of myself, and that brings me close to God. Um, let's see. I just want to say this as well. You know, going back to my my family. I grew up in a family where very it was a very simple family. My father was a hardworking man. Um, my mother was a hardworking woman. Um, but they had a lot of belief. They had a lot of um, faith, um, and there was a lot of talk of spirituality, you know, at the table. My, my, you know, we'd sit around the table, whether it be on the Sabbath or on the holidays, and there was a lot of mention of God um, at the table, you know. Uh, you know, it's God's will, whatever it will be, it's God's will. Um, it's bashert. Bashert is a word that was used, means it's meant to happen. It's God's will. 
you know, uh, that's your that's your he, that's your Jewish word for today to quote Holland Bashert. That's God's will, and it was brought up with me feeling, you know, that was it. It's God's will, you know, you know, God will 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 um, you know lead us. God will, and that was a lot of the messages. And um, a message that I got, my father, I remember him holding up a glass of wine and making a toast. He was not an alcoholic, but making a toast. And he said, you know, you know, health and, and happiness and, and blessings to everyone. And the last three words he used to say after that, his, that on his toast was, let's be nice. Let's be nice. And, you know, those words, you know, what is that? Let's be nice. Nice is being patient, tolerant, kind, and loving to people, you know. So my parents were like that. They instilled in that. They had very high values of, you know, program values. They weren't working a program, but they, they had these, these values that, that were instilled in me as a child. And um, they sort of got lost away as, as I became deeper and deeper in this disease. They sort of got shuffled to the side. But today, you know, living in as a recovered woman, you know, I'm bringing them back into my life today so that I can instill them into my family and into my children um, and that they can see. And, you know, the, the, and, and, and the greatest joy that I have is when I see my own, I have, I have, we have, a, we have a very beautiful family. I have six children. Um, four of them are married. Two of them are still home. I have a young daughter who's 13 years old who never knew me as someone um, in the food. Um, um, my son was born 20 years ago. I was in program, you know, I started program soon after. And then I, after he was born, um, I had another child and that, that, you know, was very unexpected. Honestly, I was 46 years old at the time when my daughter was born. Um, and that was, that was a true gift for me, for all of us. I really believe that God gave me an opportunity to be able to give this child all the blessings that I've gotten in this child, in this program and to give to her. Um, so, you know, she, she's brought, she, she's being, she is being brought up with, with a mom who is, you know, in a 12 step pro who is in this program myself and, and able to give her over, you know, some of the things that I'm, you know, not give over. I don't sit down and talk with her and give her lectures or this, just, just by my actions, just being available, just being here, just interacting in a way that's um, appropriate. And, um, you know, these are all the gifts of the program. And my children see, my adult children see, you know, um, the changes. Um, they don't tell me, they don't say, but I could see, you know, how, you know, you know, the, what they, they see about me. Um, actually, my daughter did say the other day, she organized something and she told me about it and she organized like something to help a friend. And I said to her, wow, I'm so inspired what you did. That's beautiful. She said, ma, I learned from you. That's what you do. And I was like, so taken aback. Wow. Really? <laughs> That's nice. You know, so, you know, these little things, I just, you know, little pebbles that I, that I, that I, that I throw out on the path. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's all in God's time, but you know, all these things um, that these actions that we take, um, we don't know how it's going to get delivered or if they'll get delivered, but I do them anyway um, because it's the right thing to do. And um, you know, my husband joined program as well. He was watching me for six years as well. 
um, you know, being abstinent. And honestly, it was a very difficult time because he said to me, you know, we can't even go out anymore. We used to go out and eat, eat and that would be our, you know, we, we can't do that anymore because you don't do that. That's what you don't do anymore. And I said to him, it's okay. We could do it. I just don't have to partake in it, but I still enjoy being with you and, and going with you. And he watched me doing this for six years. Um, and, um, you know, and, and, and he himself got into program. Um, and, you know, we keep our program separately. That's the best thing for me. I don't, you know, I, I do what I do. He does what he does. And that's what works because I can't be a judge. I'm not, I honestly, I used to want him to tell him to do this. And I used to tell him to do that. And I don't do that anymore. You know, that's the best thing for me. I have to just keep my eyes on my own plate and do my own thing. And that's what works. So, so what do I do? I develop these, these, these spiritual practices that each day um, I, you know, I get on the, I, I, I get up early in the morning so that I can do these practices. I started recently, uh, maybe it's, a, it's not more than recently, it's maybe it's already, maybe in my second year, that I started praying from the, from the prayer book that I was given as a child um, that I turned my back on. I just didn't relate to it. I couldn't understand the words. And now today, these words have a deeper meaning, meaning for me today. And I started praying from those, that prayer book, you know, each day, every day. It brings me such um, um, joy to be able to, to talk to my creator. Um, and God talks in any language. And I did that for many years. But like, to be able to go back into the original um, form in the in this book is is very vital to me. It's very important to me, and I and I crave it each morning. So I wake up earlier in the morning to be able to develop, to be able to have my quiet time in the big book and in quiet meditation, but as well as to pray in in this in this special prayer book um, that I use each day. Um, I get on the meeting. I'm on the meeting each day. I eat abstinently. I prepare my food in advance. I have three way to measure meals a day. Um, I do my things come up during the day because things come up. Absolutely. Um, so I'm living, I do a 10 step. I have a core group of people that I call. Actually, I send out a text. Are you available? Can you take a 10? Um, and I, I, and that's another way where I pause. Um, I let God in. I ask him what direction I should go. Um, I do a 10 step. I seek what God wants from me throughout the day. I live in the, I try to live in the truth because my head can get up into the lies. I try to live in the truth. And what is it that God wants from me? God wants for me just to, you know, just to be, to live in the truth and to know that he has my back and to live with the faith and to live, to know that, that, that he is with me throughout the day. And, and, you know, you know, it says in the book, faith has, Faith has to work 24 hours a day within us or we perish, perish, page, page 16. And that's what I have to do. And when I do a 10-step, that reminds me again, you know, to trust and rely on God. God has my back. God can take away these character defects from me. You know, only his power, in his time, he will remove it. And, but I just need to do the footwork. I need to be, keep showing up. I need to be practicing these, these routines so that it becomes routine, you know, and each day is another day that I, you know, I remember hearing what I did last year can't work for this year. I need to be growing constantly, you know, in my practices, in my routines, so that I, you know, 
so that my, my relationship with God does grow. Um, and, um, and at night when I retire, I do the 11th step where I go through the day and I ask myself these questions and I to see where's I, where, where, where was I selfish? Was I dishonest? Was there a time? Do I owe an apology? You know, I ask God forgiveness. You know, it says in the book, you know, you know, you know, we ask God to forgive us and which way, what does God want from us? You know, how, how can I make it right again? Um, and um, and that's you know end of the day like that. And each day I wake up again and I start the routine over again upon awakening. And you know, so grateful to have this 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 way of life. You know, just really really grateful to have something to share today. And you know, I, I don't know all the answers. Believe me, I don't know all the answers, but I know that the big book has the answers here. The people on this line, you know, are available. And um, there are so many people out there who, who have trudged this road with us and who can share their experiences. And I'm just, you know, I'm just another one. And I, I too, you know, look for the answers. And I don't know all the answers, but I'm willing to, to stick around for another day and to, um, to be with you and to, to seek God's will and to have another day together. And with that, I'll, and with that, I'll just, I'll wrap it up and and pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Devora, for your share this morning. Truly beautiful and inspiring. Thank you so much for your service. The share ID for this morning, 13,994. That's 13994. at the conclusion of this recording, so you'll need to stay tuned for that, please. We will now transition to a question and answer segment. You can pose a question to Devora by pressing star 1 to unmute. Please give me your name as well as the first letter of your last name. Melissa C. Melissa C. Courtney M. Courtney. Morrissey. More Z. All right, let's start with this group, beginning with Melissa C, please. Hi, good morning. Oh, thank you so much for your service. And Devora, I was really moved. It's like the same, we really have the same exact story. Um, but I, I would love to hear more about um, between your husband and yourself and how um, perhaps the discipline it takes to keep your eye off of what he's doing <laughs> and on to yourself. Thanks. Hi, Melissa. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, we were really all, all the same here. <laughs> anyway, um, my husband, you know, you know, we talk about in the big book, the the, the reconstruction. Um, that's what I'm finding here. You know, I've been married. I've been married since 1981. And, um, you know, the things that I, 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 there's a lot of reconstruction that I have to do. Um, I have to, but you know what? A day at a time. Um, keeping my, that took a lot of self-discipline, not wanting to get into my husband's business and what he was doing. Um, but I saw it wasn't working. 
it really wasn't. It was making him very agitated, and I needed to stop. I just needed to stop and pray, um, and 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 that's it. I just needed to, you know, he does. There's a God in his life, and I'm not it. Um, he's a very, he is. He's a wonderful person, and he, whatever he does, that's what he does. And I do not have to get into that business. Um, and I just. You know, it's it's better that way, um, and I just um, I, I you know I, I what can I say? I just I need to keep let him do what he does, and I do what I do, and I keep my mouth shut. That's it, and I pray for that willingness to do that. Thanks, Melissa C, for the question. Courtney M, your turn. Hi, um, this is Courtney M, slowly recovering in Florida. And, of course, this is exactly when my four-year-old decides he has to have my attention. That's great, honey. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to pass because he won't let me alone. (laughs) Thanks. All right, come on back when it gets quiet. Maura Z, your turn. Star one, Maura Z. Thank you, Leah, for your service. Deborah, thank you so very much. It was everything I needed to hear and then some this morning. Um, you did talk about your spiritual practices, and I'm at a place now where I'm having to identify clearly what my spiritual practices are, and I'm seeking some deeper meaning and some definitely working on my um, growth in my spiritual department. Can you tell me a little bit more about some of your daily practices? Thank you. Sure, Maura. Thank you. Good to hear you. So it's very, very simple, Maura. Um, I wake up in the morning, actually, and I just, you know, after I go to the bathroom and wash my hands, I come back, I, um, I say the first three steps, I'm powerless over everything. Only you, God, can help me. Um, Please, God, help me to see what you want from me. How can I best serve you? Um, I say the third step prayer. I I ask God to show me, use me, um, direct my thinking. I I read upon awakening in the morning. Um, I read that. I go into all the prayer, the prayers. Actually, if you have, you know, um, in the uh, spiritual toolkit that I have, it has upon awakening, and I, and I have all the prayers listed there. And I read, and I, I pray from that. I pray from that, from that app. Um, and um, and that's what I do. Um, and that's it. Very very simple. I heard this said on Vision. Someone else spoke on it. And I just follow that. I just follow that. It has the 11-step um, prayer. It, ha- it has the 11-step prayer, the St. Saint- Francis prayer. Um, it has the, um, um, it has the um, um, Thomas Merton prayer on it, the 7-step prayer, the 3rd-step prayer, the serenity prayer. Uh, upon awakening, those pages, 86 or 80, you know, it has all that stuff. And And then I use my own... Then I use my own prayers that I've made up. I've, I mentioned some of them before just now to you. Um, and that's it. That's what I do. Very simple. And then throughout the day, you, you know. Okay. 
Okay. Well, thanks, Morzi, for your question this morning. Who else has a question for Devora? Star one to unmute. Courtney M. Yeah, this great. is Millie. Millie. Millie, what's the first letter of your last name, please? Millie J. Millie J. Okay. Anyone Nancy else? L. Nancy L. Hi, Deb S. Deb S. Uh, Robin P. Robin P. All right. Courtney M., glad you're back. Go ahead with your question. Yes, um, thank you all for your patience. <laughs> um, again, this is Courtney recovering in, in Southwest Florida. Um, thank you so much for your service and for your share. I, I could identify so much with your story. I, I went through two very different pregnancies, one obese, and uh, in that particular pregnancy, I ended up with a C-section as well because I just kept eating so much, and uh, my daughter was eight pounds, 15 ounces when she was born, which isn't enormous, but definitely on the larger side. And, and um, my doctor said we were, I ended up with a planned C-section because I just couldn't stop eating. I gained 70 pounds while I was pregnant with her. Um, and my second pregnancy, which was 10 years later, I, I was in the program and abstinent and my son was seven pounds, four ounces, you know, average. I had beautiful, clean, nice pregnancy. But my question is, um, for you, you, you had mentioned specifically that now you do three weighed and measured meals, and that sounds very similar to a, a recovery program that I was in prior to OA. And I'm just curious how it is that you came to decide or what guided you to that for your food plan. Did you, did you, were you asking your higher power for guidance on that? Are you working with a nutritionist? I'm just a little bit curious about how you're um, creating your own abstinence. Thank you. Okay, so honestly, when I came into program, I was doing four meals, but it made me crazy. It was like I would go to, I would, I, I couldn't do it. It was, it was having that fourth little meal there. Um, I, like I would go out and I would think, okay, I got, I, it was on my mind all the time. It was like, it was uh, thinking, oh, it's coming, it's coming. It was like, it was on my mind all the time. And I joined, when I joined another fellowship, I, um, the sponsor told me, this is what we do, three, three meals a day, nothing in between. And I just, and it was scary. I said, oh my gosh, how am I going to give up that fourth meal? Oh my gosh, how am I going to do it? But you know what? I did it and it's fine. Um, and I, it, it was fine. And then subsequently, I did go to a nutritionist, you know, a few years back, not so long ago, a few years back. And I said, this is what I do. What do you think? And she said, it's great. It's perfect. Do what you're doing. And she tweaked some things here and there. And, uh, and that's it. And that's what I do. I would recommend a nutritionist. It's a great place to go to to get um, to see if you're doing, you know, if you're eating healthily and, and getting everything you have, everything in that you need. Thanks for the question, Courtney. Millie J., your turn. Can you hear me well? I hear you well. 
thank you for taking my call. Um, and thank you for uh, um, the lady. I'm sorry I, I tuned in uh, late, but um, I can relate with <coughs> most of the uh, uh, things that she shared. Um, I am struggling with putting my foot down. I do follow a program. Um, go, you know, I go a bit early, get up, and follow two um, programs that I do. I'm trying to come back to overeaters, you know, to a vision for you. And uh, my question is that um, I guess it is so hard. I know that obsession in my mind, if, if I, you know, eat the food that I should not eat, that I know that caused me to be obsessive. And uh, I know about that, but I'm still messing out throughout the week, like a probably be abstinent for four or five days and then I missed up for three, four days. So it's continuously the cycle and I'm trying to break the cycle. But the obsession because I'm you know, I know I understand I'm, you know, until I don't put completely what caused the obsession, I'm gonna stay in this cycle. But that's my issue. I pray Millie, could you please pose a question in the interest of time? Thank well, you. the question is, how does she maneuver to put the foot down? And I would like to leave my phone number. I need a food sponsor. That's my question for today. Okay. Okay. Please go ahead. Deborah. Okay, Millie. Welcome, Millie. And I totally understand where you're coming from. I I was I was there too. Um, I remember leaving my house, you know, in the early days of abstinence, leaving my house um, just to get out so that I wouldn't eat the food. Um, and um, so I, I, you know, have to go to any lengths not to pick up that food. So the thing is like this, you know, first thing you just ask for a food sponsor, get yourself a food sponsor, get your outline, you know, what you're going to be, you know, out, get a food sponsor. Um, go to a nutritionist, get something outlined for yourself, and um, and get yourself a sponsor who could take you through the steps. Um, we have a whole fellowship of people here. There's a whole um, recordings that you can listen to. Get a set of earplugs, plug it into your ear, listen to these messages, um, get onto podcasts which talk about how to, you know, how to work this program. Putting down the food is so helpful. And, um, you know, you got to, it's, it's like a brainwashing. We really do need this brainwashing. And, and that could be very, very helpful in the early, early stages of abstinence. That's what you have to surround yourself with that. Um, get people that you can talk to on the phone, announce yourself to say you're new. People will call you. You reach out to people. That is really very, very important to, to hear from others, to know that other people are doing it and you can do it too. Um, and getting a sponsor who can get you through these steps. Because the obsession will be lifted as you go through these steps. Thank you. Can, can I leave my phone number now or wait until the end? Please, let's wait until the end. Thank you, Millie. Okay. Thank you. Nancy L., your turn, star one to unmute. Good morning. Um, hi, De Devorah. Thank you so much for your share this morning. I have a question about, um, I, I found this on page 84 about um, our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. And it sounds to me like the way 
um, you and your husband, or the way you conduct yourself with your husband's business is very effective in keeping the peace in the home. He, he has his business, you have yours. Could you just share real quick how you um, grew in that um, effectiveness and understanding with him? Thank you. Thank you, Nancy, for the question. So I saw when I was sticking my nose into things that he was doing, it was becoming very, he was not, it was, it was causing more harm. Um, and I needed to step back and, and give him the respect that he deserves and not be someone who's going to, I can't be that tornado coming in. That's what I was. I was that tornado coming in, wanting to um, take over and, and have him do it my way. Um, and I needed to step back and let him and let him. Um, and you know what? It's okay. It's fine. You know, we all, we're very different personalities and I can't throw my personality on him. He's a very laid back type of guy. He does things in his way at a slower pace and, um, and it's okay and it's fine and it gets done. Um, and, um, and at the same time, you know, me, I like to, I'm a take, take part type of person. And you know what? That's not good either. You know what I mean? So I'm learning for myself to, to I can't be that tornado in every situation, um, whether it's in my home, in school, with my family, with my children. With, you know, I'm learning too. He's teaching me that, you know, to just to trust <laughs> that he will get things done the way he will get things done. And I'm learning to just to go with the flow. Um, we could talk more about this. Anyone who has other questions like that about relationships with my husband, we can talk about it certainly on, you know, you know, on the line. Thank you, Nancy L. for the question. Deb S., your turn. Yes. Hey, I was just following up on something that you guys had talked about earlier. You had the question, and thanks both of you for service this morning. There was a question that came about what do you do for spiritual practice, and you answered that you know so well. And then you started to say something you said, and during the day, and then I think the conversation changed, and I didn't hear what happened next as far as during the day what you do. And I was wondering if you could share some more on that. Sure. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I didn't get your name. What's your name? Deb S. D Deb S. Great. So, um, you know, what I do during the day, things come up and I'm able to, you know, you know, just stop and pause and um, see, okay, God, what is it that you want from me? You know, I just, again, another way to say that I'm not running the show here. God, go before me. How can I best serve you? What is it that you want from me here? I'm always reconnecting somehow. Um, whether it's, you know, you know, doing a 10-step is a way to reconnect with God. You know, a lot of people, you know, they don't have time or whatever, but even in my head, if I can just take that pause and stop whatever I'm doing and just say, oh, you know what, this is what's, something's on my mind, this is what's going on, 
you know, I talk to God and I say, okay, God, this is where I'm being selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and fearful. And pray about it. This is not what you want from me. What do you want from me? God wants me to, uh, you know, know that I trust and rely on him. God wants me to be patient, loving, and kind to people. God wants me to know that, um, that he has my back and that I'm a creature of his and he loves me. So taking that pause um, to reconnect, that's a practice to make it become routine. Thank you, Deb S., for the question. Robin P., your turn. Hi, Devorah. Thanks for your uh, sharing today. It was really great. You actually, I've, you've answered all my questions. <laughs> so thanks so much. Uh, I've heard the answers already. So uh, I will wait till the end of the line to get my number. And I, I just thank you for your sharing. It was very, very helpful. And with that, I'll pass. You're welcome. Thanks, Robin. Anyone else with a question this morning? Star one to unmute. Anita J. Penny C. Hi, this is Sheila O. from Massachusetts. Um, thank you so okay, much. Okay, one moment. One moment, oh. Sheila. Thank you. Anyone else? I've got Anita J. Barbara Penny H. Barbara, Barbara H. Barbara H. Penny C. Yes, I have you, Penny. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, let's go with this group, beginning with Anita J. Good morning, Anita. Hey, good morning. This is Anita J. I'm very grateful for this um, this presentation. I was um, wondering, during all these years, were you ever on the brink uh, of picking up again, and what brought you back? Thank you, Anita J. Thank you. So thank you. So two years ago, I did have a uh, break in abstinence. Um, It was during a holiday season, and I I reverted back to behavior. I wasn't eating. I didn't get into sugar and flour and binge foods. It was just on abstinent food. I found myself standing at the counter on my kitchen eating, you know, the, the bottom of the pan, you know, from the chicken or whatever. And it and it was... Yeah, all of a sudden, you know, that was it. And and I I I recommitted myself. I got an ad sponsor. I recommitted myself. Um and, you know, and what is it that I it was honestly, it they they say, you know, it's a let go of your spiritual practices, you know. You know, uh, Harlan always talks about two and ten, two and ten and and it was a very I remember that. It was a very busy time of year and you know, everything and just piled up and it was the last thing I, I never thought it would be the last thing on my mind. You know, I had all, my way to measure food and all this stuff. But then the next thing I know, it was like that. It, I was just, I just did that. It was, it was craziness. Um, and, um, and I, I knew that I didn't, it, it would have been so easy to, to submit to that, to like just get into that pit again of despair and get into that pit of, of um, you know, the food and just living in that. And, you know, I, I didn't want that. I knew I didn't want that. And honestly, I walked over to a, uh, a member of OA uh, to her house, and I said, this is what's going on. I need help. And I just, 
you know, that was a hard thing to do to knock on someone's door and say, listen, I need to do that. I, you know, this is what's going on. And I needed to re get out of myself and out of that self pity and out of that, um, you know, my ego and just, you know, just recommit and, and do it over. And I did. And I'm, you know, today I'm, I remember that very clearly. I thank you for bringing that up again. Um, oh, God, so. I needed to hear that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Anita J. Penny C., your turn. Hi, thank you, Leia, and thank you, Deborah. Uh, I just wanted to preface a very short question. With um, I was reminded as I listened of page 17 in the big book where it says, we have people that normally would not mix but there exists among us a friendship, fellowship, and understanding that is indescribably wonderful. And I felt that the whole time I was listening this morning. And thank you. So my only question is um, to ask you, how do you say God's will in, in Hebrew? Oh, the word I used before? Yeah, Bashar. I got that. Bashar. B-S-H-E. Bashar. B S H E R T Bashert. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that. Thank you so much. <laughs> now pass. Okay, it's a good word. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Penny C. Sheila O, your turn. <laughs> this is Sheila O from Massachusetts. Devorah, I was just wondering, I had two things. When you mentioned I have a pawn awakening, it's right on my mug here this morning, but um, when you said that, um, was that a book that you have with all the, uh, with all our prayers in it? Well, I'm sorry, go ahead. And then my other, I was just wondering between going from your 13-year-old to your mom and to school, um, about, a little bit about your, um, how you handle, are you doing all that food preparation, bringing it with you still, or do you find that necessary? Thank you. Thank you. So, um, I'm sorry, I didn't get your first name again. I'm sorry. This is Sheila O. Sheila, Sheila. Yeah. Okay. Right. Hi, Sheila. Great. Thank you. So, Sheila, Upon Awakening is in the big book, Um, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And you could see it on page 86, 86, the second paragraph, on awaking, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. Okay, I happen to have it also, I have a spiritual toolkit that you can download, and it's also on that as well, to answer your question about where it is. Okay, and as far as my food... Okay, thank you. You got that? Okay. And as far as my food prep, yeah, I don't, I don't wing, I don't wing things. I don't think, oh, I'll see what I can get or whatever. Everything I, I do prepare my food in advance, and I take it along with me, and I know that I have it with me. So that's it. I do, yeah, a lot of food prep for the week and in containers, and I go to my mother. I take my food with me. You know, everything is is taken with me. Absolutely. Okay, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Sheila. 
Barbara H. Star one and unmute. Barbara H. Oh, sorry, I thought I was unmuted. This is Barbara H. Sorry for that. Um, sure. Thank you so much, and um, thank you, Devor. I have a question, but I think maybe it's answered by now from your last answer um, about <clears throat> how, do you, <clears throat> how do you know you're abstinent if you're working with a dietitian, um, and for how long do you have to, you know, or should you commit your food every day is, does that go on forever, or is there a period of time where you just continue your food plan that you've agreed to with your dietitian or sponsor, and then do you continue committing it every day? I guess that's it. Okay, so that's a very personal thing. I know that there are people on this line who commit their food. You know, they have years and years of abstinence, and they're still committing their they're committing their food every day. Everything is a person. It's a personal thing. That's going to work for you. That's great. So I happen to eat my same food pretty much every single day, the same thing, and I do not commit it over to anybody. I do have a person in program that I. Um, closest that we talk about. You know, any food changes or whatever. Um, I don't speak to my, I do not speak to a nutritionist on a daily basis. I follow her guidelines, but I don't check in with her. Um, and I, um, I have people that I am accountable in program that I talk to about anything related to the food. Okay, thank you. That's Thanks, good. thank you. Barbara H. for the question. This will be our final invitation for questions. If you have a question for Devora, star one to unmute. Christina J. Christina. Margaret D. Hilda F. Margaret D. Was that Tova S? Did I catch that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Anyone else? Final Jeff invitation. M. I'm Jeff sorry. M. Is that Marcy M? I don't think I got no. that. Betsy. Betsy. Yes, M. Thanks mm-hmm. for your patience. Who else? Toby K. Toby K. All right, very good. We'll start off with Christina J. Hi, Devorah. Thank you so much for your share. So much great information. Um, Christina. Jay from the state of Washington, and my question has to do with when you found yourself back into the healthy food and slightly overeating or whatever you were doing, and you went immediately to find another sponsor, so you didn't have a sponsor at that time that you could continue to work with, first question, and second question, did you go through the steps again from start to finish? Did you go deeply? How did it change from the first time you went through the steps to now this time? And um, I'm asking for myself as well as um, some of my sponsees that have found themselves back in the food that are done with program, but then they're back in the food. And uh, am I supposed to keep working with them? Do they go find someone else? You know, that kind of a thing. So thank you for whatever you can elaborate on this. 
Thank you, Christine, for the question. And so when I found my first of all, that yeah, when I found myself doing those behaviors again, um, I did not have a specific sponsor. Like I said, I have a core group that I that I I don't have one specific sponsor. I have different I have different sponsors. Let's say just say I have many people in this program who I go to to um, you know to to work with. Um, and I, as far as I got, I, I got then at that time, I recommitted myself to a specific sponsor and she took me through the steps, um, at a quick pace. Um, we worked together and, uh, we went through the steps again. Um, went, went through it again from the beginning, top to bottom. Thanks, Christina J. for the question. Margaret D., your turn. Good morning. This is Margaret D. May I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, everybody that's on the line participating today. This has just been awesome. Um, so here's a question, and maybe this is more of asking an opinion. If so, please feel free to pass on it. At our meeting afterwards, Sometimes people will be called on to pick out a prayer to close the meeting with. And I have a prayer that is very traditional, and apparently it's very controversial. So would you opt in favor of of not doing something that is that some people might consider controversial, even though it's a heartfelt um heartfelt desire to use that particular prayer. Thank you. And it's non-denominational. Right. So from what I understand, I think the best thing is to do, we follow to the guidelines of the, you know, the the OA, AA um, prayers. Um, basically, I think that's what that is what is acceptable, not to bring in things from other places, even though you're saying it's not, you know, it's, it's. Um, but I, I think the format usually calls for prayers that we keep that are program related. Um, Our Father and AA groups say it all the time. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't know. Well, I've, I I don't know. I've been to OA meetings and they said that as well. So you know, oh, okay. I guess. It's... All right. Okay. Thank you. For thank the question. you. Mm-hmm. Toba S, your turn with a question, please. Toba S, star one to unmute. Did you call me, Toby K? Actually, I'm calling on Tova S. at this time. Oh, thank you. Did you mean Tova S.? <laughs> please go ahead. Is this Tova S.? Tova S. Okay, please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for the show. Um, I'm not hearing you so well, Tova. I don't hear you very well. Can you hear me now? A little better. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you. Just a quick question. Um, I was um, 
I called a, it's a question about yeah. how to. You're very, very, I can't, it's very difficult to hear you. I'm sorry. Okay. Is that better? I'll put you on speaker for Yes, time. that's better. Okay. Yes. Um, is it appropriate to use, to heal him, um, the song together with the 12th step uh, toolkit um, as an avenue to bring me to do my steps, as encouragement, as enlightenment? I'm sorry, is it what? I, I, is it a I missed that word. Like I, I was reading um, the Psalms to heal them, and I was saying that to one of the people that I call, and they said, no, 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 you've got to work the steps, and I'm beginning to work them. I also use my own prayers, you know, the to heal them, the, the Psalms, Psalms to, to give me, like, um, to open me up. So I'm not sure, I mean, because I, I started not putting that down and I find myself not working this steps. I was using it as a, as a gateway to get me to, to might mean to encourage. Mm-hmm. I, I find using the, the prayers that are listed here in the big book, that was the way that helped me most. And perhaps later on, as I was developing that routine, it led me into that other, other avenues of you know, prayer. But the basic prayers in the big book was are the things that helped me the most, I have to say. Thank really you. spoke to me most. Yeah, thank you for thank that. You. Tova S. Betsy M., your turn with a question, please. Hi. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning, Devorah. Um I think you referred to a spiritual toolkit that could be downloaded. Is that something that you created or something that is um, available to anybody? It's available to everybody. You can go to your Play Store and just just uh, put a search on spiritual toolkit. They have one for OA. They have one for NA. They have one for AA. They have all kinds of uh, fellowships. You just download it onto your telephone, and you can have it with you all the time. Oh, thank you so much. That was my mm-hmm. question. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Our final question for the morning comes from Toby K. Good morning, Toby. Um, hi, can you hear me okay? I hear you well. Um, so uh, thank you so much, Devora, for your sharing and your experience. Um, I wanted to know... Um, when I go out to restaurants, um, do you take um, a scale or do you eat at home? Um, I find that to be awkward. I, I sort of get lost um, in all the social graces and social things um, and being nervous. So, thank you. Okay. So honestly, I'm not one, we don't eat out a lot. Honestly, we do not eat out a lot. And long ago, my sponsor told me, you know what? You go into a restaurant, you take God with you. Take God with you. Um, So if I would go out to eat, I believe I would just, I would leave the scale at home and, um, and, and, and not take the scale with me. That's all. Thank you. Thanks, Toby K. For the question, thanks to everybody who posed questions this morning. 
And, of course, thank you, Devorah, for giving so much of yourself this morning to all of us here on A Vision for You. Thank you for your message of hope and possibility. Again, the share ID for today, 13,994. That's 13994. And I'm going to close the meeting from page 164. You'll notice it's in a chapter entitled A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.